Welcome to the Let's Talk Teacher to Teacher podcast. My name is Dr. Gina Pepin. I am so happy to meet you. I am a Midwestern mom of three and a super enthusiastic reading professor and a reading specialist at a wonderful elementary school. I was the 2018 and 2019 Upper Michigan Region 1 Teacher of the Year. I really enjoyed mentoring teachers of all levels. I have a great passion for early literacy, and I am the co-author, along with the extremely talented children's author, Eric Litwin, of The Power of Joyful Reading, Help Your Young Reader Soar to Success. Each week, I offer you practical make-and-takes and easy tips, along with real-life shared stories, so that you can easily create joyful shared reading experiences in your classroom, daycare centers, and homes right away. I am here to help you make powerful changes, so let's do this together. Today's podcast includes 10 easy ways to wiggle in a learning environment. Understanding that today, student movement can be a really, really good thing. Managing student movement can still kind of be tricky, and it can often be a concern. A lot of my student teachers will say, I'm just not quite confident with doing this. And we also know that in a post-pandemic era, learning stamina, emotional stamina, and social stamina is really, really challenging right now. So expecting students to sit for really long periods of time just doesn't work. So let's begin with number one. Number one is partner with an occupational therapist. We have one of the most amazing occupational therapists as part of our school district or our school building. Her name is Jennifer Delavo. She is amazing. An OT can help you with physical and cognitive, psychosocial, and even sensory components that are related to performance and helping your students being able to do and be their best. They also can help with coordination and sensory processing, visual and motor skills. Jennifer and I have worked a lot recently as I find a lot of students in my intervention as well as in the school building are really, really struggling with being able to do anything for more than seven or eight minutes. So an occupational therapist can be one of your best friends. They can be that partner that can really provide tools and techniques and strategies so that your students can be successful. They can also provide guidance with a variety of strategies and tools and materials. One of the things I think of that often I have found that our students do really well with are weighted materials, like weighted blankets, different types of weighted reading buddies, those socks with rice in them. This can make a really big difference. It can also help with enabling our students to wiggle around, but still kind of be grounded in the task that they're doing. Another thing with working with your OT is she has shared with us that working on an inclined surface. Allow your students to work on both vertical and horizontal surfaces. It can really make a huge difference. There are a lot of larger vertical surfaces in most learning environments like chalkboards, whiteboards, marker boards, smart boards. These types of tools actually provide bigger arm movements. They encourage different types of strength and flexibility. It aids in joints and muscles of the upper extremities. It's really a wonderful and powerful way for your students to kind of wiggle in a different sense while they're learning. Of course, there's a lot of movement activities that you can also consider. You want to focus on those activities that kind of have that cross hemispheric integration, that crossing the midline, using different tactile and touch 
different visual input, and of course, proprioception, which is all those deep pressure to the joints, that body awareness and creating a visual of these strategies or putting it near where you want these actual events or activities to take place is really, really helpful for your students. And of course, adding in different things during learning time, like squeeze balls and fidgets, silly putty, Play-Doh, chair leg bands, bouncy balls, and even Velcro under a student's desk can help provide a little bit of small-scale wiggle time in the classroom when learning is always taking place. The second activity or technique that I want to share is to create those actual wiggle spaces in your room. Find a designated area where students have the freedom to get up and move and go over and do something that involves their whole body. So along with flexible workspaces, here in this area include flexible workspaces and different types of seating, flexible seating. Provide spaces in the room where students can move around. And this could be separate or the same area where they can do things like standing, they can stretch, they can dance, they can pace or walk in a certain area. They could even twirl if they needed to. We all know that the importance of of doing different things like allowing students to stand is important. And of course, these wiggle spaces could be small or big. And, And getting your students up and moving around from centers to stations to the rug or to tables routinely is always gonna help with managing wiggles in a really positive way. One of my favorite wiggle spaces in my classroom was years ago, I had a first grade classroom and we actually had a dance carpet. Sometimes it literally was just a two minute activity. Years ago when students had to wash their hands before lunch, we were teaching them hand washing routines. Half of the students would actually washing their hands and going through that instruction and practice. And the other half or more of the students was on a dance carpet. It was so much fun. And a dance carpet or wiggle space also teaches students self-awareness, self-control, and all kinds of other social-emotional skills. The third activity I want to share with you is turn your classroom expectations into a song and, of course, movement activities. I have a whole other podcast on this as well, and you can find out more on my website at www.ginapeppin.com. Make it part of your daily routine. You can put your rules into a song or a poem. Keep them simple, of course enjoyable and participatory. And you can reinforce the rules through a song, a poem or a chant. And then you're you're building that sense of community. Transforming classrooms into reading playgrounds is something Eric and I talk about in our book. It's a wonderful way to encourage meaningful human interactivity around print while actually having the availability to get up and move. So let's think about this example. If we're talking about a classroom rule or expectation and we use this, how, do you, how much fun do you think it would be to incorporate this saying? We make good choices using our inside voices. Head, belly, legs, and chest. Now we are ready to do our best. Just think of all the whole body movements that you can use, gross motor skills that students will actually be participating in just during a simple classroom expectation song. You can add in different props and, of course, different things to make it even more fun. This is just one of the many ways you can take your classroom expectations, your rules, etc., and turn them into recurring joyful experiences. Number four is keep them moving. 
You want to keep them moving, engaged, and motivated to learn. So incorporate some kinesthetic movements, just simple stretching, dance moves, or other physical activities into your lessons. It is a whole lot easier than you think it is. Provide hands-on activities that get the whole body moving. When little kids need to move, they're telling you something. They're seeking sensory in other ways. Some of the activities that you can do include like just juggling scarves. Scarves are a super soft, mobile, and tactile tool to use for students to get them up and moving. Ribbons on a pool noodle or a stick also provide a quick little brain break so that students can reset their brains and bodies. One of my favorite from years ago was called Alphabet Aerobics. And there are a lot of options on Go Noodle and YouTube now where you can find these videos to play for your students as well. A lot of different sensory integration therapies are helpful too, like movement activities where they're strengthening their core, their sensory motor skills and motor planning. One of these can be what we call the spelling stretch. So have students use their body to actually make the letters of the words they want to spell. For younger students, you could actually include their name. And as they're doing this, they say the letters and the word out loud. An alternative to this is air writing. Eric and I share this in our book also. Students can use gross motor skills by standing up or even at their tables. They can air write their name, write it in the air, or their spelling or new vocabulary. The fifth activity I want to share with you is called a wiggle jar. Now this was super cool and I was excited about this when I found examples of this. It's kind of like the voice jar that I've talked about in other podcasts. There's a really good example of a wiggle jar with 32 activity cards for free on the following blog. Go to www.walkingbytheway.com slash blog slash wiggle jar. And there are 32 activity cards here. It is so much fun. So you have a wiggle jar and like the voice jar, you're going to pull a card out and it's going to provide some physical movement to help students, you know, get their brain unstuck or get their bodies moving or just kind of reset their brains and bodies. Some of these things can include toe touches or how long can you stand on one foot like a flamingo? Another card might say leap like a frog 15 times. Another card may say do 10 push-ups. Or push on the wall and hold it up for 10 seconds. There are a lot of different things that you can use for a wiggle jar. Think of all the fabulous activities you can have your students do. The sixth activity I want to share with you is going on an animal walk. This is a really fun activity that occupational therapists actually recommend. Going on an animal walk includes imitating different types of animals. So students will walk around the room like bears, crabs, frogs, or even worms. And they actually use their own body weight to help build endurance and stamina. This is a really exciting thing. You could even have these animal walk cards as part of the wiggle jar. Or you could create your own jar. Number seven is a simple ABC beanbag toss. This is a fun early literacy activity and they could toss them into buckets or they could toss them over a line or into a hopscotch grid. Of course, they're weighted bags so they're going to work on building muscle and coordination. 
You could also have students do an alphabet race. So you have these weighted bean bags or cards or plastic or foam letters, whichever works best. And you could give everybody two or three cards or two or three bean bags. And then you bring them out to the hallway and you have them do an alphabet race. So they have to pay attention to whose letter comes next. And you line up the alphabet from one end of the hallway to the next. And it's a whole group activity. You can do this also in small groups, having them have little foam or plastic letters in the group. And you divide them and mix them up and then divide them within the groups themselves and then put them back in the order of the alphabet as quickly as they can, like a little competition. You could also do this where students write the alphabet on the sidewalk or play area using chalk outside. The eighth activity I want to share with you supports social emotional learning and it's called catch a feeling. You can use those same weighted bean bags and actually you could add on pictures or drawings of different feelings. So you could also have cards with different scenarios and do some role playing. You could also use a beach ball or roll a medicine ball for a variation of this game, roll a feeling. And when students actually catch that feeling or roll a feeling, they choose a card have students talk about different scenarios and feelings and emotions and just creating opportunities for them to recognize different types of feelings and emotions and really knowing what they look like and feel like. It also improves muscle development. Number nine is to use rhythm to wiggle and regulate. There's a lot of research out there that talks about the power of rhythm to regulate. We know that children that have faced a lot of trauma or traumatic events, that rhythm can help them in so many different ways. We know that infant brains also make initial associations between calm tones of voice and touch. And rhythm helps our students manage emotional and cognitive and behavioral processes. It's really, really important to those social relationships. So taking familiar songs and turning them into whole body action songs and rhymes, children learn how to move their bodies in different ways. Say we take like the Incy Wincy Spider or Row, Row, Row Your Boat and you have children actually move their bodies in different ways as they sing this song. And here you have strong patterns of rhythm that just that repetitive rhythm has a lot of predictability in it. And it really can help students just have that certain cadence and get into a rhythm or groove that helps them regulate. Another thing you can do to use rhythm to wiggle and regulate is is just dance to the music. Like the dance carpet I mentioned a little bit ago is just really practicing self-control. It creates awareness of their own bodies and others. So they're not bumping into each other when they're dancing. And adding in games like freeze dance can help our children practice, you know, self-control. They have to know when to stop and when to begin again. Of course, vary this pace, you know, alternate between lively music and slow music. And music does so much to create a sense of calm and relaxation as well as energy. You can add in other things that aid in rhythm, such as drumming or different type of shakers, egg shakers. Students can even make their own shakers. We take small plastic bottles, jars with lids that can be filled with different materials, such things as like nuts and twigs, buttons, rocks, rice. You know, each of these are going to produce different types of sounds too. So making sounds and being able to move around to different rhythmic patterns is really powerful. 
And of course you can extend it to a science lesson down the road about why different bottles make different sounds and what's inside of them, etc. Being able to help children just use their body and show them how to, to navigate their own bodies and limbs can be useful to making different rhythm. Like our bodies can produce a lot of rhythmic patterns. Clapping hands, stomping feet, patting our thighs, tapping our shoulders. We can create our own body percussion movements. And this can be super fun and interesting for students. Think about the song, Head, Shoulders, Knees, and Toes. We're all familiar with that song. We could actually add in our own body percussion to help create rhythmic patterns. And then you can add in some variations like going forward and backwards, fast, slow, stopping and starting again. You can use rhythmic clapping to differentiate between syllables and words. And you can echo a syncopated patterns and have students actually repeat those patterns. It works on executive functioning. You know that school readiness includes a lot of auditory perception and early language skills. And there's a lot of different programs out there, including one that's called RAMSR, which is Rhythm and Movement for Self-Regulation. It has a little bit of neuroscience components to it. It's a program for young children, and it aims at helping them to support their attention and emotional regulation skills, inhibition, and of course, working memory. You can find out more about this at Rams, so R-A-M-S-R, blog.wordpress.com. It's a series of rhythmic movement activities that, in, that help students really gain a sense of self-regulation. It's super cool. Check it out. Last but not least is number 10. Include wiggle activities that calm. We want students to be able to actually transition from wiggling in high energy intense activities to being able to wiggle in a calm way as well and you may actually have to include specific and explicit teaching of how to transition from wiggle to calm. One way you can do this is by going on a literature experience. You can go on a bear hunt but it is using the text going on a bear hunt in a calmer way. You're going on a bear hunt, but it is a quiet middle-of-the-night bear hunt. You can also read guided imagery to them. This is an excellent way to help get them to wiggle and move around, but also calm their bodies. They can act out the guided imagery that will be set to a slow rhythmic pattern. Make sure your schedule is balanced with quiet and active activities. This is really, really important. Knowing when to use rhythm, that, that pattern rhythm of repetition and involving bodies and how to involve their bodies can have a powerful effect on classroom management as well as individual regulation. Another activity that you can use, which is a wiggle activity to calm, is something like Rockabye Baby. I recently read something about preschool that actually had their students the teachers would turn on a slow song and the students and the children would rock their favorite baby or stuffed animal to sleep it actually has a power to calm a traumatized nervous system takes away stress and of course that rhythm the steady comforting pace has a calming effect on even regulating effect on the human brain. Students can also learn how to walk and tiptoe through the room while quietly rocking and not trying to wake their baby or stuffed animal. These are also really good wiggle activities, but they're just done in a quieter and calmer way. 
A couple others that you could include would be whole body art. Having students create whole body art where they're drawing or tracing their body on large sheets of paper and then adding details and designs. Yoga is another wonderful way to stretch and calm the body and still be able to wiggle. Another one that a lot of schools and daycare centers have been integrating includes mindful breathing. There are all kinds of information out there about belly breathing, diaphragm breathing, using different techniques like rainbow breathing. These are just some of the many ways. So today on this podcast, I shared with you 10 easy ways to wiggle in a learning space. And they were, number one, partner with an occupational therapist. Two, create wiggle spaces in your classroom, daycare center, or home. Three, turn your classroom expectations into a song, movement activities. Four, go on an animal walk. Five, wiggle jar. Add a wiggle jar to your learning space. Six, an ABC beanbag toss. Seven, keep them engaged and motivated to learn. Eight, play catch a feeling. Nine, use rhythm to wiggle and regulate. And ten, include wiggle activities that calm. So get out there and turn everything you can into a joyful learning experience because now you have all the tools and ideas and reasons why you can easily incorporate ways to wiggle in your classroom, daycare centers, or homes right away. Thank you for joining me today on Let's Talk Teacher to Teacher. I am here to help you make powerful changes and I look forward to working with you again.